TrailerReviews.net. I'm your host, Daddy. And uh, I'm joined by Ro. Or the dad. I'm not calling you either one of those things, okay. Phenom. Phenom dad. You can do that. Phenom I could do that. Yeah. I could do that. I can call you Avis da- Avis daddy. I can call you Phenom's daddy. I can't I can't I can't call you daddy. I can't do it. I'm yeah, sorry. Please don't do that, sorry. actually. Now that I think about it. Now that mm-hmm. now that I've actually sat and thought about it, maybe maybe you shouldn't do that. Just like right. I mean just like mm-mm. with this film. Maybe if some people would have sat and thought about it, they wouldn't have done certain things the way they did them. <sighs> so much to discuss. Yeah, so yeah. we're gonna start at the beginning. We are keeping it uh spoiler free, right? Yeah, we're not spoiling. There's okay. it's already spoiled enough, so we don't need to spoil it. Tell me how you really feel. Yeah. This this is what this is this is what it was gonna be from the moment it was announced. This is what it was going to be. So we are talking about Coming to America, the only black film that has achieved a lesser creativity level in titling itself than Fast and Furious after The Fast and the Furious. I mean, did you expect him to like, you know, get fancy? I'm, I'm going to say it like this. There are certain ways, there are certain things that you should have known. This might not have been the best idea. First of all, the original name of the film, the name of the original film, the first film, is Coming to America. So when you decide to name the sequel Coming the Number Two America, they're both the same titles. Like literally, if you were to go back and walk into a blockbuster, if we still had them, it said, I'm looking for Coming to America. And he pulled out the first one. It would not be their fault. It would be yours. Um, <laughs> you also can't use title use the title coming to America too because that just sounds stupid <laughs> right so they're kind of boxed in and these should have been signs that maybe maybe no but okay like, but black people so, opportunities are just like okay why not so let's be real let's be real this was going to happen eventually it was not actually it wasn't gonna happen Eddie admitted it wasn't gonna happen 30 years. He had so many opportunities to do this again. It was not going to happen. And then the internet happened and Eddie Murphy was on the internet one day and was like, yo, people still care about us coming to America specifically. So why not do it? Let's do something with this because we have nothing else to do. (laughs) Let's do this. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I don't think that's how this movie came about. Why not? I I feel like um well one, I feel like Eddie is feeling himself after Dolomite is my name. Agreed. I I think that the high level of uh camp in Dolomite is my name reminded him uh-huh. and kind of hit him in some places with some feel-good vibes, and he kind of caught a bit of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Now you throw into the fact that Everyone is probably gassing him up about doing coming back to Zamunda. You also add in the fact that this is also the year that Bill and Ted came back to face the music, or mm-hmm. 2020 was. So I think it was a convergence of this, this thing that's going around, this whole nostalgia blend, the, the new... You know, we have to reinvent, we have to represent so we can connect with the new generation. But I also have to think it has to do with the fact that Eddie is very proud of the legacy 
that is coming to America, and that's T.O. Mm-hmm. That it's the first movie with an all-black cast or predominantly black cast. I don't even know. I mean, have we just decided that Louis Anderson belongs to us at this point? He does is he not. ours? Can no, we, just, we haven't I mean, accepted him in anything else. Poor Louis Anderson and his aged face in this movie. Lord he's, Jesus. He's not been but I think he's really movie. proud of the fact that this was, like, it is a international feel-good movie with a predominantly black cast. Okay, so... And I think he wanted to do... I think he wanted to lean into that. I mean, the only other movie that has had this kind of level of worldwide saturation didn't happen again until Coogler's Black Panther. I think he liked being the first. I, I think he wanted it. to remind people he was the first. I don't want to take it to a group. I don't want to take it to a group that I'm not part of. I'm just going to mention the fact that despite coming to America, and I'm, I, I, am, I am curious at how internationally loved the film is like I know black people love coming to America a lot and black people talk to a lot of black people and I'm not saying that white people don't also love coming to America I'm just saying they I've really never do been they really do for all the wrong reasons Listen, anyway have, I'm sorry I cut you off I have heard more I have I've had more white people insist that I watch um Dave Chappelle's uh, half bait than coming to America again I'm not saying that they don't love it as much I'm just saying that I think the okay. further you get away from black Okay, people, but what were the caveats that I put on this movie? What? What about? Predominantly, almost entirely black yeah. cast. I get it. I, again, that's why I'm saying, depending on your degrees of separation from black, I think okay, the relevance... Okay, but Dave Chappelle's movie is a different decade. That's not what I'm talking about. You're focused on the wrong damn thing. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay, <laughs> what? What I was talking about was... I'm saying that outside of our collective group of black Americans that I feel like coming to America is a huge deal, right, for us. But the further you get away from us, we start talking about on like international scale and whatnot. I don't think the relevance is that big. And I'm the only the only example I'm using for you is when I went to college and every white dude swore that when we watched a black movie, it needed to be half baked which I didn't consider to be a quote-unquote black movie, which is why I never sat and watched it. If they brought up Friday, cool. But Half-Baked, I didn't, and I heard it so much. But what I never heard was, yo, let's all sit down and watch Coming to America. Okay. I heard that from my black friends. That's that's where you would watch Coming to America. If it was on television, if it was on TNT or CBS, we would stop everything and watch it. Right? That's how we roll. So Okay. I, I, I kind of just wanted to be like, I think we love it, but I think in nature, other groups were, might might have been offended by coming to America for very good reasons. And I'm speaking of like just African-Americans specifically, because this film <laughs> is egregiously offensive to African people. Like Eddie Murphy doesn't even have an accent in the first film. And it's it's a small thing for us to argue, to talk about, but for people from Africa who might watch it, they might be like, "The fuck." So like, it's, it's, I, it's, I I I I give you a hundred percent on that. that I give you a hundred percent from on the that. film. Now, coming to America, despite all of its offensiveness, because it is really offensive, is a amazing film. The first film, T O, as we call it, we're gonna call the first film T O. T O is an amazing film. Okay, it is classic. It has classic moments. It is filled with classic moments. It is genius comedy. 
It's genius slapstick black comedy throughout the film and also very relevant to black people, black Americans specifically, right? Despite it being about the journey of an African prince, it is really about niggas and queens. And I think that is amazing that we that Eddie Murphy was able to do that and make something that that allowed black people to make fun of themselves in a way that wasn't offensive for us on the big screen. Really? It was what I mean for me it was one of the first insider joke movies for black people. Like for and I'm saying for me cuz I was born in 84. Like this yeah, is just black people baby. get this shit. Right. I'm like we talk I'm not talking about like if you're going to go back to like Blazing Saddles or anything like that then no. Yes. But for me this is one of the first ones where I was like, "Oh, this is what we do." Like this is us. Okay, I'll give you that and I think that's probably why I'm I've always been conflicted about coming to America. I did feel like I was watching an inside joke. I appreciated it on that level. But as a woman watching Coming to America, I was like, for real? A lot. A lot, a lot. But like you said, um, the inside joke nature of the jokes and the just the pure triflingness of it all made it funny. And it was also because they never tried to make Zamunda seem like it was anything other than this mystical, like, fantastical, y'all know this ain't really, really nowhere that's real version of a country. So no one was looking to Zamunda and thinking that they were really seeing Africa. So it was also another level of inside joke about how black people in this country think about themselves in relation to the diaspora. And I think that's why they got away with a lot of the stuff that they did. And I also think that's why a lot of people, at least in my experience, because I am older than you. God. So I, you couldn't get away from coming to America. And it didn't matter what your race or ethnicity was. People were talking about coming to America. They may not have liked everything about coming to America, but because this was a babe in the woods, fish out of water storyline, and it was rooted in that. And it was also kind of a thing in 89. So this wasn't the only movie that was doing that thing, or it wasn't the only displaced rich person who goes and pretends to be poor for some type of reason. You have to remember, this is also coming behind Arthur. And I know he don't like to acknowledge that there are forebears for the type of story he told that are white. There are. And he kind of perfected and bettered the the mold and the trope that they were playing with. And I don't think everybody, anyone ever pretended that it wasn't a trope. He also made it a comedy in a way that those other ones ended up having to lean into the dramedy, the drama of the of it all to survive, and he didn't. Uh, so, I think the problem I'm having with two, as in number two, is he. It's a refresh, not a redo, and that's a good thing. So you get all of the nostalgia, you get the hat tips. People my age, my mom's age, uh, slightly older than you, they're going to lean into this and they're going to have a good old nostalgic good time. I mean, Ruthie Carter kind of put together a whole Afrofuturistic look of what Zamunda is now. But the problem is this isn't a babe out of wood story in Queens anymore. 
And that's where you kind of run into the problems when you have as thin a story as we have here. Is this Kenya? Is this Kenya verse? Listen, Michael is, Blackson, is this Kenya? Michael Blackson is in this film as plain and African. That's how bad the comedy gets. Like how offensively bad the comedy gets. Who went? We need to get Michael Blackson's comic view stand up here in a 2021 film. Who whose idea was that? Because But again, he's gunning, so I just it just it's sometimes it's cringeworthy because it's like everybody here is smarter than this and is a better comedian this. And and uh, uh, just like to your point of you know like why com- why coming to Kawhi To was such a big sensation, I also kind of put a little bit on the back of that on the back of uh, niggas ain't niggas during that time niggas ain't never had nothing like we didn't have our own shit we really didn't have our own big films we didn't have felt stuff like this then. No, that's why it was a big, huge deal. Yeah. People dressed up. They like, like, did the whole thing to the runway. This was one of the first times that you got to see positive images of black people looking regal as fuck, and people leaned into it and they loved it. But again, the bigger part of it had to be that this story took place in America. So yeah, we could lean into all the stereotypes and all the tropes and the inside jokes and the true triflingness of us. Plus it was 89. So you were rolling right in to the height of artists in the 80s actually being the shit, being the pop culture, being the voice, the sound, the movement. So you could do a whole lot with that. I Again, I mean, I think that they were trying deliberately to bring people in and make it be ridiculous. So having Michael Blackson be in, it's particularly the role that he's doing. It it fits. It fits him. It fits his brand. It fits his stick. But it's not, he is somebody who lives, he is from the diaspora. He's he's gone in. He's not just a black guy from America. And there are other people who are seated out through this, but he's like one of the, he's like one of the only ones and his stick is doing a ridiculously it's over doing the most. hype stereotype of the of his own culture right so it's uh, it, it's it's but he's 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 lampooning himself i know in a and like, in a film where a bunch of other people like he's the only in a film where he's kind of the only one but he's not i just think he sticks out because we're like what and 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 the role they built around him were also kind of like really no I mean I'm, yeah. when I say that when I say he's the he's kind of the only one I mean like how many other non-black Americans are in this film doing that I mean Matumbo did it but he's Matumbo so and plus yeah. um, you, some of it we we can't we can't just I don't want to spoil but yeah I'm not gonna do that but yeah. I'm just but saying. he's not he's not the only one. He's just the most obvious one because he's leaning into the brand that he's known for. There's another person who pops up in here who's actually from Africa, who now lives in the diaspora, who you're going to see him, you're going to recognize him. And he's he's lampooning what he does for a living. But listen to how you say and himself. Up. Like, we, like, again, Michael Blackson pops up. Other people pop up. As far as like the consistent major roles, like the lead cast roles. Oh, they're all black people. Yeah, that's a problem. 
<laughs> so you know, like especially again, well, when you yeah, said it in but Queens, that's why I said you you as much about you. Him. The story doesn't work with the way that they did it. It doesn't. I mean, it does not work, work with it, it being this shallow and them saying that we're actually supposed to be in Africa. And I'll even give them that. If it's supposed to be this big, huge mythical world and they actually specifically wanted to kind of keep it as a caricature because they don't want people to think that they are implying that this is supposed to be Africa or any kind of legitimate representation of that. And I don't think he does because Eddie Murphy is extremely opposed to blending, deliberately blending anything that could be seen as, quote, political. And I don't know when he got that way because he didn't used to be that way. But a lot of what worked on that front in in T.O. isn't in this movie because he wasn't into subverting anything. Not a thing. Mm. And that's where I think it doesn't land. And that's why a lot of the jokes don't land. Because he really... This entire movie is designed to skim across the top. It's shallow. It's got great. I loved the throwbacks, but the story that we're supposed to be invested in is too shallow and, and just the misogyny of it all. So, um, so let's just run down this description. Um, this is directed by Craig Brewer. This is written by Barry W. Blouston, a story by David Sheffield, um, Starring Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, Shari Headley, Wesley Snipes, Kiki Lane, Jeremy, Jermaine Fowler. Um, oh my God, why am I blanking on my girl from SNL? All right, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Leslie. Leslie Jones. Thank you. I wanted to say Lettucey Jones. I don't know why, but I wanted to say Lettucey Jones. I mean, maybe because she's pretty much the only person you don't see pop up in here singing. Uh, Tam Taylor. <laughs> Uh, Vanessa Bell Calway, a bunch of other people. And, and I mean, some of these just are for literally two second appearances just for nostalgia. Like, old girl, and I could never pronounce her name. I guess it's like Gabrielle something or whatever from the Jamie Foxx show is in this for like literally two seconds, reprising a, a role, reprising a role of a character that was actually dismissed in the first film. So why is she still here? I don't know. I remember when I saw her in the trailer, I was like, but that doesn't make sense. Because anybody who was her would have to answer to King Jaffe Jaffe. So I don't understand yes. why she's still here. But as an aside, are you pretending that Kenya Burris wasn't one of the screenwriters? Are we just... I, are I, we just... I, I wasn't trying to, but his name wasn't one of the first ones I could read. So the, you, you got it. Kenya Burris is here. And this makes no, sense. I, I, only, I only ask because I always feel that we need to acknowledge when he's in the mix and things... I think you can tell when he's in the mix. Because right, that's why I like to say it, because I'm being like, what the fuck? Kenya, where's Kenya? Kenya Barris is weird for me. Kenya Barris is one of those... Is Kenya Barris is like... I'm trying to find the best analogy, and I really can't. No, I can't. Kenya Barris is like fucking McDonald's french fries after the first time you've had them. Blackish was great. Anything after Blackish kind of just ish and not in a bad way just kind of like not like the first time just not like not that the first time but Look, we're, so, said it we're so accustomed to them that hey it's nothing wrong with mcdonald's fries they're just maybe not the best fries anymore that you not you can't eat them once they get cold yeah you can't so so every time he spins off into another ish project i'm just kind of like like he literally drained it all the way down to just 
making it completely about him at this point. Like instead of subverting his life into these other stories through decades and time periods and mixed racial cultures, like or relationships, he decided to finally just go to Netflix and literally, literally make a King and Burris reality TV show that's actually set as a sitcom. Like, hey, kudos, bruh. Get the check. Cut it. I'm not even mad. But to know that he is he had a hand in this, it's like when I see a Lena Wave project, I know she had a hand in it. Or Lee Daniels project. I know he had a hand in it. I can just I can spot it a mile away. Oh, what's my what's my favorite guy that that does a black film every year and actually hasn't done one this year? With Taraji P as a lead? Uh, Lee, uh, E. Lee, no, who Empire? No, 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 no. Um, oh my god, I'm blanking. He he did, oh my god, he literally takes old films and then blackens them. No, what's his name? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Oh he redid god. Jacob's Ladder, and we keep trying to he pretend it didn't happen. If, if there's Michael a... Ely's favorite dude, yes, Mike, well, Taraji P. Kenson's favorite person now as well. Both of them, both of them, but um. <sighs> What are we talking about? What men want? Mr. What oh. men want? I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm going to Google this to get his name because I want to make sure we drop it every time we can. <laughs> I just want to make sure we get. Actually, We're terrible people. Are we terrible Will people? Packer. Will Packer. There we go. Yeah. I don't know why I always forget that. Like, because you Will block Packer. it the fuck out. <laughs> this is like last, last year is just weird, right? Because last year, like you said, we got the Bill and Ted shit. HBO just posted the fucking Tom and Jerry movie, which is atrocious. And Witches came out last year. It was bad. And now we have coming, we have two, we have the Deuce, coming the Deuce America, or the Deuce. Is that what we're going to call this the Deuce? We're going to call, the the call, okay. we... we'll call this the Deuce. So here is a description of the Deuce. That's what I'm calling it. I'm sorry, Amazon. I love everything else y'all do. Y'all like 99.9% on it right now, but this ain't it. Um, the African monarch Akeem learns that he has a long lost son in the United States and must return to America to meet this unexpected heir and build a relationship with his son. No, that is C, C, get y'all's descriptions right. Because they didn't want to actually spoil the ridiculous plot of this film that completely negates everything that happened at the end of two to give us this film. Like it's, they literally paused these characters for 30 years. And there, there was no growth. Whatsoever. Okay, see, this is where I had my first problem because um, when I say that the story is shallow, part of the problem with that is exactly what you're talking about. They, they didn't just freeze the characters in in for thirty years; they excised the characters that would have kept this storyline from ever being possible. Like his wife, the queen. <laughs> Like literally his King Jaffa's queen is not in this movie. But he did it with Lisa too. You remember who her character was in the first film versus what she yeah. is in this film? Yeah. They literally they literally light skinned Vivian, dark skinned Vivian with the same Vivian. They in did. This film. And it's scary. But that's why I said the misogyny of it all. It's like I I mean, I'm not deeply offended by the storyline in a way that I don't think that people can enjoy the ridiculousness of it and have fun. And as long as they don't come into it with any expectations, which I didn't. So I laughed, I chuckled, but yeah. it doesn't live up to the first one. But part of the reason why it doesn't is because one, like you said, undoing the third act of the first movie to begin and give you room to make this movie is a trash take all around. But two, removing 
what his mother did and the impact that that had and was supposed to have had on Zamunda is the most single-handedly disrespectful return to a beloved property ever. Like, I'm going to just say that, like, ever, ever. Can we talk about James Earl Jones having the best Y'all got me for 15 minutes, and that's how long you got me for. And if it, yeah, if it goes over yeah. 15 minutes, let, let me tell y'all something. You ain't got me no more. Nope. Role nope, in a film ever. It, it, it's just, it, it, is, it is amazing because it completely fits, like you said, kind of just how shallowly written this film is. And yeah, it, it's just not, look at it this way. I think that there is an intelligent crew behind this film. This film is not intelligent. And I think that's something that is overlooked and not talked about enough with comedies. Comedies, really good comedies, are, in my opinion, very, very intelligent. Absolutely. They're always smart. And this film is not smart. Mm-mm. You know, like, like but I think part of the reason to... why this film is not smart is because one, it refused to acknowledge that these are no longer inside jokes anymore. So everything yeah. started to feel like a bit. You could see the setup coming. But the other is their blatant refusal to subvert a single trope. You can't do this kind of story if you're not in the business of trope subversion. If you've suddenly decided that talking about the shit that's right in front of your face is quote too political for your comedy you've already lost especially this kind of story yeah so like the the actual because they because they show you the i think the trailer for this film is actually the best thing about this film and it was weird because i kept having flashbacks of the trailer and of course the music that they chose for the trailer where they literally just drag y'all down a line of nostalgia in the trailer to get you to want to watch this which is why the story is so confusing because in this film Eddie Murphy does have a daughter played by Kiki Lane. Kiki Lane is not an actress that you just throw into a film to fill a role. This is a no. this is a this is a possible in the next five to ten years lead black actress on the mean? front of walking in the shoes of Viola Davis and Octavia Spencer. We need to keep eyes on this young lady because she's Three going years. to be fucking Tops. amazing. I'm just saying the pandemic has set our timeline off a bit, so I'm giving her time for the industry okay. to get itself okay, back fine. together. But she's she she has already proven herself to be a worthy A-list actress opponent in the future. Okay, and or and, and honestly, component. Uh, honestly, component because we need her, right? We need her for this for this black industry thing, for this black theater thing to really work. She is one of those strong up and comings or comings ar- arrives, and we just need to watch her go, right? So you cast her in this film and it could be a bit confusing because she is she literally is cast opposite Jermaine Fowler, who is a very bright comedian. He is funny. But as far as like his on screen presentation, it's it's in it's still in its its growth stage. Right. People are still familiarizing themselves. Black people still familiarizing themselves with him. And, And I think he even had a show, but it was like. Not it wasn't looking at it this way. It wasn't on like fucking BET and shit. Okay, so no, yeah. he's he's a solid actor. They just didn't he ask of anything anything of him. I'm not. I'm I mean, not even saying he's not a solid. I've seen the man stand up in person. Like he is gifted as fuck, and I mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I want to see him high rise. Yeah. 
because I, I think I, he's a great I think he's a great representation for not only black comedians but just black people who are who seem to be genuine and honest in their craft yeah I also feel like um I don't I don't I this it's Deuce is a series of missed opportunities because you're right. They waste Kiki Lane. Um, they waste they waste the entire family dynamic. They don't just waste Lisa. They waste their marriage. You get one moment when you should have been getting many. Uh, you get a great moment between Hakeem and his daughters. And then they get essentially fridged and then pulled out for one other moment that's dynamic. And one of the better scenes in the movie and the more interesting and kinetic, and it's because they're all magnificent and that's where the story should have been. But this movie is is a succession of missed opportunities. Like the very first one is a missed opportunity to do something and to delve into the relationship between Jaffe and Akeem and to have it default back to old Jaffe, not to give anything away beyond that. You'll see what it, I mean, relatively quickly it happens out. Um, and then for it to go out into this like huge nostalgia moment almost immediately after that. And you get a lot of camp, you get a lot of cameos, you get a, a, a couple of confusing moments. This uh-huh. is that where I say they were very careful not to try to present anything that was supposed to be a real or a real, uh, even a slightly adjacent uh, representation of anything on the continent, which was probably good. But it's also extremely confusing. And then you jump right back in and you've got the missed opportunity of what's going on between Akeem and Wesley Snipes' character. Which, like, dude, I listen look, I think the I think the I think the thing that's missing from this film the most, and again, you're gonna have all your they literally reprise nostalgic moments, even if it's for half a second, just to make you smile i I completely i get it (laughs) and it's the only way that they can continue to fucking carry it on a stick you or carry it on a string you through this film because this film is too long and it's not even that long and it's still too long like i think the thing that most that that is i think the, the thing that they messed up most with this reboot retcon whatever you'd want to call it it's a re something is that the first film is about Akeem and Simi's journey through America, to America, through America, through Black culture. This film doesn't have that dynamic duo journey at all. It's not here. Could it have been done? Possibly. But Eddie Murphy made a statement that he didn't want the film to not really be about him and Akeem. I mean, him and uh, Simi, which I find amazing because this film isn't really about Simi at all. And one of the things that I had heard people talking about, and this was just their misunderstanding, was that the film was actually about Simi's son. And I'm going into this film thinking, why? Who gives a fuck about Simi's son? I'm sure Simi got a whole bunch of kids running around Zamunda. But because he got sure one he got in got a America, whole bunch of kids running around... Uh... Queens. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because he got one in Queens or in America, it's they need to go get this guy. This kid this doesn't even make sense. And then when I see what it is, I'm like, okay, how are they gonna? Oh, they're gonna do that. Okay, that's fine. I, I, 
I I knew how they were going to do that. And I, I, I was like, okay, they're really going to do that. Now, if they had done it right, like I had fun with this movie. It was shallow. It was fun, but that's probably because I really got a kick out of the hat tips and I was okay with it, fe- treating it like it was a vignette and a reel. But some of the moments that they went back to, I feel like they, they messed them up for me. And the biggest way was how they shoehorned in how Akeem has a kid. And it was distasteful. Mm-hmm. It was highly, I, I, I mean, I was like, okay, um, I know this is supposed to be funny. I don't, I don't find, I don't find any of this funny. But that's because you too woke. I'm not woke. That's a lie. I'm not. You too woke for that, for that scene. Bro, I ain't never been asleep, so you ain't got to be waiting on me to be woke. It's not that kind of offensive that was me. It was distasteful, one, because it completely undercut the original joke, which is one of my favorites in the movie. And then two, with the shoehorn scene, the way they chose to show it to me lacked finesse. So the joke didn't land the way that I think they wanted it to. And it, and, it, and and there were parts of it that were just entirely too stiff. And it it, it was off for me. And I and I'm and like But doesn't it there, like totally there are other negate? things about it that were distasteful, which is you know, probably where you're trying to say I'm too woke. But, but doesn't it total doesn't that one scene to explain how he ended up with a son completely negate the other 75% of the film that happened because you throw that scene in there, none of the other stuff happens like with the church with like the, 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 none of that happens. Right. Because when would that have occurred given how, how they ended up in the position that they did in the first one, even needing to go to the church and finding out about Lisa, the, the, the church event and fi- the, the community event and finding out about Lisa. Right. Like, how would they have learned any of this if this scene that this film kind of retcons in here had happened? No, no, no. They they could have retconned it in there. No, I mean, you know, they spent way. the whole night after night we went out. So they're basically saying that they're inserting a scene between the ones that we all saw. So it wasn't exactly the same night. I, I, and I, I get but it. the girls and had the same fine. clothes on. Like... <laughs> I get it. It's fine. If it had been handled with some finesse, it might actually have even been funny. But this just, it wasn't funny. It just, it it wasn't. And it, and I spent the rest of the movie, I was like, oh, I started to think, I'm like, oh, so this movie is going to be about X. And then when I realized, oh, I'm like, oh, y'all not, y'all just, we're just going to accept, okay, we're just accepting this. And then I realized, I started to get the same feeling I got about when we watched uh, the Tessa Thompson, Chris Helmsworth, uh, Men in Black, where, you yeah. know, instead of giving us the movie about the person who was smart enough to find them, they tried to do a reversal or a gender flip uh, and then fast forward through the training montage that was Will Smith's movie. Um, I kind of sort of started to feel the same way when you flip it because this movie almost immediately returned to Zamunda. And I was like, so this is all the two America we going to get? But isn't this a film that you would see on VHS after coming after T.O. like 
This is the exact film that you would get. It just wouldn't have any of the original actors in it. There would be a different Akeem played by Tommy Davidson. There would be a different Simi <laughs> played by someone else. No, like, if they had done this, if they hadn't waited 30 years to go back, I think some of this would play different because I'm not talking about lacked- if they did it right after. I'm just saying that this is this feels like a straight to VHS sequel. No, I'm saying I think there film. would have been a little less stiffness in some of this stuff. So some of these things that didn't land for me now might have landed before. Name for and I, I, I quite honestly I'm being I'm being honest in that I think that a lot more of this movie is going to land for people than it did for me. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think I think like again, like I said, I had fun. It was shallow. I didn't. Ha- I came into it with zero expectations. I walked away with a couple new one-liners. But I will have to be honest. The most fun I had were the outtakes. The I mean, funniest stuff in this movie to me were all in the outtakes. I think. I, I think it's a shame. I think it's a shame that more people that more people are going to see this film than saw Dolomite, because Dolomite is such a better. Dolomite is my name. Is such a better film. And then, then this film is falling it's funny afterwards. Too. It, it, oh, it's just a better. It's again a smart comedy. It is a smart comedy, like pre- pretending to be a bio pick type yes. film. It is just yes. it, it works. Snipes in that is a wonder. Yeah, and Wesley Snipes, <laughs> and this is just like wondering. It, you know, it, it's like I, I watched this film, and and I want to talk about like just some of the the people that pop up in this film. Because mm-hmm. they make sure to give you the long. This is the Ocean's Eleven of black film. They make sure that you know <laughs> everybody you remember from this film is in this film, and that you. This is why you should watch it because they're all back, right? So and and then we've got some new faces. So like, if we're talking about new faces, we're talking about Leslie Jones. We're talking about Jermaine. Jeremy. Jermaine. Oh my God. We're talking about Jermaine Fowler. We're talking about Wesley Snipes. We're talking about Tiana Taylor. These are the most. These are these are going to be the most recognizable people that you see in this film that are new. Cast amongst a bunch of and Kiki Lane cast amongst amongst a bunch of other memorable faces. So like Wesley Snipes pops up and he is. Like he's, <laughs> it, that was an entirely wasted storyline that could have been something, so and I and like, I feel like it wasn't something because. What is is he a Kappa? Is he an African Kappa? Like what is he? Because he's what, a warlord. But he's a Kappa warlord. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yes. I think if I, I I I don't think anything that was wrong with General Aziz's uh, entire persona and everything, except for the fact that it didn't do anything and it didn't go anywhere. And it needed to. And the way they used it, it just, the beats struggle. They struggle. So you have you have Wesley Snipes trying to play this warlord character that is, supposedly has semi has Akeem by the balls, even though they keep joking that Akeem has no balls because he has three daughters, which, tired. But let's go ahead and keep running with that joke. Why don't we now? I mean, that leans directly into the face of Black American male hotepery. So I'm not surprised that they went there. No, I don't disagree. It happened, and I am I for us am not proud of it. But um, Tiana Taylor is in this, and God, it's fine because because she's in it. Somebody raps, and I swear to God. I cringed 
And my head did an Exorcist 360 during that whole scene because... Oh, I paused and walked away, bro. Just, like, there are things they did that... There's something about being simple with your comedy that makes it monumental. And it just will forever be in your... He's your king to be, will forever mm. exist in the black, like just, I don't, I don't know, we're going to say nomenclature or talk, proverbial existence. That shit speaks to black people. The first time you see that fucking scene, you are so blown that it's happening because there's so many things wrong with it. And so many things right with it. And let me say that they redo that. Of course they do. They redo that scene in this movie. And instead of understanding why it was monumental, in my opinion, they egregiously ruin it. Like they just ruin it by doing too fucking much and trying to be, what's that word that the old heads like to say? Hip. It. I and that's was, exactly how it felt. God felt. damn it, I was so mad. I was like, y'all don't even understand why this, this moment was so good in the first film. So you tried to do it again with a little bit of hip-hop. And it's like, y'all know what? Sometimes y'all need to stop seasoning your shit with a little bit of hip-hop. Look, the funniest part of this was Leslie Jones and the side stuff that was happening while this tragedy was occurring yeah and then it just it jumped a shark and i was like no but again like i said there could have been something that was really really good about that entire storyline when you have wesley snipes vanessa bell callow even tiana taylor i mean like she could have stood there and been pretty and gyrated i'd have been fine with it they I mean, made just- sure to show you everything they made they made sure to point out every reason why people love tiana taylor in the way they displayed tiana taylor in this film Yes, they did. Which which to me is so basic because she's more than a lot of the things that y'all put on her. Like yes, it's, she it's is. part of the reason that people don't respect that, her talents to the to, to the degree that they possibly should. Because people I talk about the same things around her. That that was gonna be where the twist was. Let I me kept just, hoping. Like when just, I realized hmm. this movie was happening in Zamunda and that it was about uh just you know his son and securing the throne because he needs a male heir. And then you realize what the actual situation is going down with General Azizi and who he is and where he, who he's related to. And the last name should be a big clue to you because you know the name. Um, you know Vanessa Belcalo's name, then you know who Wesley Snipes is playing. And you get all these things together. And I kept waiting for this movie to take a turn, to give me a turn, that all of this was a setup, that the, the, the nostalgia and everything was going to go to somewhere to where all these people who were kind of standing around looking like they were on, almost interlopers in this tap dance with Akeem, that we were going to, this was going to turn and it was going to be something and it was going to be a thing. And now that might be on me because I got hopeful and had an expectation where I had come in with none. But the longer this dragged out and just turned into this forward, almost redo of the love story. But it was, but it was so fast food love story. It just, again, I've got to take it back to McDonald's. It was such a McFlurry of a story. 
of a love story but, like but was it i mean i mean i mean the problem is ingredients are on the bottom but yes but but that's all of it that was all of it i said so once you get past enjoying the homages and the hat tips and the the cameos and the nostalgia there's nothing here there's absolutely no sus- substance here it's not memorable and, like in, in again for you to make a sequel 30 years later to a film because that film is so fucking cemented in our culture that it's un you you could never forget it it is ridiculously memorable to follow it up with this film that is absolutely forgettable it is it's completely it's and utterly on trend and on the brand table. for 2021 it's just it, it, it it's like y'all stuck at home right what the fuck else you gonna do play and I, that's fine like they're taking advantage of the, the streaming networks are taking advantage of that the biggest one in my opinion being hbo if i see one more stupid fucking hbo max original whatever the fuck this is that y'all just threw on here and want to charge people 16 dollars a month for it get your shit together like it, it, i don't know what, what do this you, stuff is what are you watching in hbo max bruh i ain't seen shit you on hbo max is worth a goddamn okay thing. I'm sorry. I live in the documentaries, and they've been killing it in that. They they've been killing the game up, up there. And I watched the, the animated psychology. stuff that's coming over there. They just put up a what? psychology documentary or something about the human mind and all that bullshit, and that shit is terrible. Like, Which what? They, I, listen, I don't know something about the human psyche and human evaluation, psychology, mind bullshit documentary that you, they just threw up. We got to talk about what y'all might actually get a list of things to watch on HBO Max because this is sad. And I'm just saying. Phenom is having this kind of trouble. I need to share my watch list because I have been enjoying the hell out mm. of the catalog in there. I don't but know, again, I, I got time to scroll and I can nope out and go into something else because I work from home. I mean, I so, do too, and I ain't seeing it. I'm just saying, like, I got. I don't know what you're watching, but it makes me real sad for you right now. Yeah. I'm real sad for you because I um, mean, like, like, again, we talk about we talk about Jermaine Fowler, but like, who is his character in this movie? I have no idea, and That's, I don't care. Who is his character? Like, why do we care? We, I care more about Kiki Lane's character just from the way her just just from her facial expressions and her reactions to this whole situation in general as it plays out they Man, have more they resonate from more her with bearing than this <laughs> her depth in those looks those glaring fuck you looks throughout this film have more story to them than literally the story the whole ass story they wrote for you know Jermaine Fowler's character and I keep calling him by his government name because I don't remember what the hell his name was as a king's son Lavelle who names their new main character Lavelle somebody who doesn't understand what was important about 2O if you had named if you had named Akeem or Simi two short ass member easily memorable names Lavelle nobody will remember them look there's an entire scene about giving somebody lessons in a pep stroll so I'm not surprised bro, his name is Lavelle bro bro when y'all see how Tracy Morgan gets used in this movie, y'all gonna have questions. Does he get used in this movie, or is he using again, this movie? Again, like I said, when y'all see, when y'all see, I mean, I, I, I think I, I don't know if we're overstating it or if it's just because I literally just got out of the screening for this movie because 
they waited to the last minute to even give me access that I'm still kind of in my feelings about the, the, the unevenness and the parts where it struggled. Maybe I'll settle down and I'll be able to remember fondly the parts that I like, but none of those parts are going to be consecutive. None of them are going to make a full storyline. None of them are going to be a narrative because all the narratives that I cared about were severely neglected. I watched and, this film at three, two o'clock today. Yeah. I don't remember most of this film. Well, there you go. But That's I just, think a lot of know. it is because he wanted to have fun and somehow or another to him, that translates into avoiding anything important. Like you come back to Queens in 2021 and you think it's enough to just say something like, oh, Queens has changed and just do a bit about gentrification. Bro, but really? even but even 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 the T sharp scene, right? Like as much as as it, it's it's one of the only things carrying this film from a comedy perspective. Right. The, like it, at least I, I, oh my God, the fact that I have to even give those films full, those scenes full praise because they're really the only reasons that you should sit through other scenes is to get to them. But yeah, they, they literally just gloss over what I don't even want to say they gloss over it. They gloss through gentrification. They- they made film. it shiny. Everything in this movie is shiny. Like like finding out who Lavelle is and what's been going on with him. They made it really shiny and they tried to do a bit there that kind of talked about uh you know prejudice and bias and hiring and 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 the hard choices that have to be made when someone's the child of a single mother and they like they glossed they just slot that was a data dump. And I was just like, "Really? That's all we're going to learn about this kid?" And that's why I said this movie like does a smooth slide back to Zamunda. And part of the reason why they do that is so he can still act like he's the sweet, naive boy who originally came to Queens and stood in the road screaming to be loved the first time he think he found a girl he liked. And he was like oblivious to what was happening in America. But let's be real. It's been 30 damn years. He's married to a whole ass grown ass smart black woman there's no way that he's still running around here uh-huh. without any kind of clue as to what's happening and that's why i said these bits feel stiff um the connection parts don't work the parts that do work do a lot of heavy lifting and work uh the the production is great uh the locations when it came to like zamunda were fantastic the new york locations were meh uh, and it's, it's because he had to, you had to work real hard to avoid the reality of the issues that existed in the world that he was trying to navigate around. Like, even when you get to dealing with the fact that uh, they got a law that says primogenitor rules and uh, he goes out to find an illegitimate child, even though he has three legitimate children. I, three legitimate children with one child who is ready to run everything and handle everything and is a stronger character person than him. Like at her age or older. Right. Right. It just, it doesn't, a lot of it just doesn't make sense. And to be frank, I don't know what Akeem this is. This is not the Akeem from 2-0. And I think that's my biggest gripe. I don't know this character. That's the movie we should have gotten. I just don't like what I don't know this character 
at all. I know one thing, y'all better stop hiring these damn terrible ass editors to cut these fight scenes with old people because if you too <laughs> old to fight nigga, don't do an old nigga fight scene. Okay. Lawrence Fish Lauren Mr. Larry Fishburne himself was playing Morpheus fighting for real and they cut that shit like he knew how to fight despite the fact that that nigga was a smooth 105 when he did that scene. Okay. I'm so mad at you. <laughs> and y'all got Eddie up here struggling in his fucking G or his gi, excuse me, in his African gi. I think at this, this point you should actually just call it a G. He does, you know what? For, for this film's sake, it's a fucking G. You got this G and a G struggling through these fight scenes. And Kiki Lane, on the other hand, is giving y'all Oscar bait. Like I'm Man. I am disgusted with some of the things that happened in this film because some people took it seriously and other people was fucking <laughs> eating donuts through scenes. Like it just it it, it God damn it, man. I'm just like, but black people are going to eat this up because we all got, we all never had nothing. Y'all don't never want to give us nothing. So Amazon to pick this up is like a huge deal because it is, you know, everybody returning for the film is a huge deal because what the fuck else are they doing? Like this, that's another thing I heard in a room on Clubhouse today. Somebody was like, the fact that they went and got all these black actors to come back and do this film and they're all like doing great things. What are you talking about? What other black actors in this film are doing from from the original two are doing great things? Who are we talking about? JJ and Thelma Daddy ain't doing shit. He ain't been doing shit since Die Hard too. So you you have you easily could have brought him back. Like, what the fuck? He was, Wesley? Wesley's still paying back his taxes. Plus Wesley is connected oh, to the director. Stop it! He is actually doing just fine. He is. He ain't doing Blade, but he's doing just fine. So he need to do something. What is our What makes doing? me mad is he had a whole show on NBC that was great, and they basically let it die. What is Arsenio doing? What is Arsenio doing? Getting on my nerves. And why does he look like somebody old grandmama in the scene here? Because he is. What the fuck did he put that shawl on for? Look, I'm just trying to still figure out who who told him it was okay for them to let him put his stuff up around his neck that tight. So, he need to do I mean, something about that real. hoop earring. That's what he need to do. It's not big enough, bro. It's sending mixed signals. Don't know the vibe. I'm just saying. I'm um, just saying. You know, like you know, the guy. What? What? What is? What is Paul Bates doing? Nothing. What was Louis Anderson doing? Nothing. What was Garcelle Boss doing? Nothing. What is Michael Blackson doing? Michael Blackson shit. What is Vanessa Bell Calway doing? Nothing. Is Baldwin Hill? Is Baldwin Hill still on TV? Like, is that a, uh -uh. is that a thing they're doing? What is she doing? And I'm not saying that she's not doing stuff in other things, but when you talk about them being on these other projects and being busy, actually not. Leslie Jones is the is the busiest person. Like Leslie Jones, Jermaine, Eddie, Wesley, the busiest people in this film. God, Scarlett Johansson's fucking fiance is busier than most of the cast in this film. I don't know who Scarlett Johansson's fiance is. Oh, the guy that Jermaine uh, Fallon went to talk to the the white guy that he went to, uh, that he had his whole oh, uh, white explain moment. The waste of the white comedian? Yeah. In a scene with Jermaine, they are two funny guys. Yep. Two funny guys. Yep. And that's what they gave us. The I black... really, truly, I mean, I... It's because the black face was under the scene, man. It was under the blue. It was under the blue. That whole scene should have been just damn well hilarious, and it just wasn't. I just, I just don't know. It's it was so uneven, and I just felt, I felt like they tried to come run my pockets. But here's, and the, here's I the thing: didn't appreciate none of it. <laughs> here's the thing: that same actor, because Scarlett is, you know, his Black Widow, 
he don't really got to work that hard. Oh, and he's on SNL. Uh, he don't really got to work that super hard because the other film that I've seen him in recently, Tom and Jerry. Look, he just out here having fun. <laughs> like, I think he he's just, just making movies checks. to be high too. He just getting these checks at this point. But you know, to see him in this, he, I don't even want to question how much they paid him. Look, I think in this guy, I, like, we we are going in circles about the same thing because we are trying not to spoil. And there is a lot in this movie that if we were going to, I mean, I'm, I'm actually chat, trying not to spoil because, like I told you, I watched this film at like two o'clock today, and I don't remember. Most I time. know, but you told me not to spoil, and I literally just rolled straight up out this screener, and I have notes, and all of my notes, I realize when I look at it, are, um, are spoilers because I'm like this, this whole thing, like again, like you got Kenya Burris in the mix, so I'm not surprised you got issues with misogyny and patriarchy, but they built a movie around misogyny and patriarchy and then paid lip service to it and they wasted phenomenal black women yep. to do it yep. and 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 for the life of me i can't understand why because that's where the movie is that's the story we should have gotten there is an amazing story here that they didn't bother to give us because to give us that story requires them to take this more seriously and to really truly think through these jokes and think through these beats and this fun so yeah there's a lot of surface stuff here and you can come here and you can just skim it and you can have a nice enjoyable time but you ain't gonna remember this movie and if you do it's gonna be in in fits and starts and most of it's gonna be hat tips most of it's gonna go back to the nostalgia pieces we're like, man, I saw it. it was a good movie, man. I liked it. And you're going to never watch that shit again. Like, and I, I, I want to put this out because I've been trying to figure this out about Eddie Murphy for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the reason that you cannot reboot any of his films before, like, I don't know, Vampire in Brooklyn, I guess. I think the I reason. I need that rebooted. Do, no, you don't. And the fact that you just <laughs> said that, you're broken. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm hungry. Because they're gonna get Tyler Perry to write it, and you're gonna be real up fucking set. Okay, see, I, I rescind my statement if that's the way it has to that's go. Exactly I don't want Tyler how BET wants anything. it to go. BT Plus wants it to go that way. So, um, the reason that you can't reboot or or sequel Eddie Murphy films before Vampire in Brooklyn, you know, is because Eddie Murphy is not the same Eddie Murphy that he was i don't know what happened i don't know what i don't know if he i don't know if he got old like my pops used to be a different person when i was younger and now he is he is more calm he is more uh, relatable in conversation he is just not he's literally not the same person like a part of him just kind of like disappeared in age it for in a good way and i think for eddie murphy it's the same way in a good way Eddie Murphy took on more Disney roles. He became a bit more silly, more goofy. He definitely became louder on screen. There was a certain charisma, a certain black charisma, confidence that Eddie Murphy had in his first set of films that he he didn't, the only thing he carried into the other films, matter of fact, it was the clumps that was the start of it. It was, it was Nutty Professor that was the start of this, where he, the, the, he kind of just became this loud black character that was really good with impersonations and makeup and dress and joke and portrayal. But the charisma from Boomerang, the charisma from um, the charisma from Boomerang, the charisma of Axel Foley, 
the charisma of Akeem, like his charisma in trading places, even his charisma in fucking 48 hours in Metro, like that Eddie Murphy is gone. I haven't seen that Eddie Murphy in a film since those films. So when you talk about him reprising Axel Foley, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be disappointed because he's not going to be Axel Foley. So when you try to have him play Akeem, that's not going to work because he's not that character. He's, he's, he's just not in that mindset of Eddie Murphy anymore. That he's a he could, he could have been now. Akeem. He can't ever be any of those other people again. You are correct. He could have been Akeem. I don't think he, he could be Akeem because even Akeem had a certain amount of confidence that Eddie Murphy just had that he just exuded as Eddie Murphy back then. Even if he was being like deer in the headlights Akeem. There was still there are still points where he kind of broke the the fourth wall of black the fourth wall for black people, and you saw Eddie Murphy. You were like, "Nigga, this nigga yeah. Eddie is hilarious." Right, but see, but you're right. I, I will give you that. I think on certain levels that he is a little bit of gun shy, but I think he's also adamant and has been vocal in some interviews about the fact that he has a very particular idea about what he retains and what he considers to be the legacy for coming to America, T.O. And I think because he was so adamant about that, he wasn't willing to be Akeem. Mm -hmm. we, we could have gotten Akeem. He still is capable of Akeem. The simple fact that we got the Dolomite we got lets me know he could have been Prince Akeem again. But I don't think he was willing to tell the story that needed to be told, to go where it needed to be told, to do the world building that needed to be told in order for it to be funny and for it to still hit. He would have had to be willing to build a whole new set of inside jokes, and he wasn't willing to do it. I just don't think he would have had to even work that hard to do it. He is surrounded by talented black comedians. I he he would have had to be willing to go somewhere he's not willing to go. Look, the thing that made a lot of people turn away from the problematicness in the first movie was not just that it was funny and that it was inside jokes. Is that he did a whole hell of a lot of trope subversion in the way he chose to do that babes in a wood story. He did none of that here. And he purposefully didn't do it. And that is the foundation upon which everything in the original works. So when you throw out the foundation that made the OG not only play, but keep playing through decades, no, you can't come back. He threw out the ground he needed to stand on because he's not willing to do it. He didn't want to do it. And Man. I think he doesn't understand what's fun and what's funny about the original anymore. He's yeah. so caught up in his idea of the legacy. He's so caught up in saying we were the first. There wouldn't be these others but for us. And he's not wrong. But what he wants, what he wanted was to remind people of what the legacy of coming to America was. T.O. So T2 number is about that nostalgia. It's about those hits. That's why you get the songs 
and the rendition and the way they play it and the and and the areas where he decided to 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 kind of lean into what's now the open jokes the the accepted the the brand of the movie where he wanted to go there why it seems like the side characters are just one line away from really being funny or why a character was actually worked like Tiana Taylor could have worked up until they had her open her mouth for the let me first let me time. let me be let me be a, like, I, I didn't interject last on what Tiana we were saying but let me just interject here if you're watching this film and you immediately go Tiana Taylor clearly is going to be some type of villain you are absolutely right yep. just not for this film nope I don't know how the fuck that was missed. Like her, hmm, Wesley is in this film as a villain. Everything about it was perfect. And There's they no reason they have, they literally have a female foe for her to be a villain. Against. Two of them even. And somehow they gave her what they gave her. So like I said, he threw out the foundation that everything else has to stand on. And that what you just said right there, that's a starting point. I don't think that I don't think that that he was willing to let that be the ground they had to stand on. I don't. And when you see the final act of the movie and the final conversation between Hakeem and one of his children, you will understand that he knew exactly what he didn't do. And that's why I say when I looked at that moment and you get other moments that go in this movie, I'm like, no, Prince Akeem is still in there. Eddie Murphy, absolutely 100% across the board, could have given us 30 years later a true non-stick-up-his-ass, non-stiff, non-stilted Prince Akeem. He didn't want to. Yeah, I just... God. So go in, enjoy the nostalgia, have fun, come away with some new one-liners, wonder how Ricky got his ass in them pants. Mm. and and leave it at that i mean be in awe of ruthie carter's work understand why she got a star and pray one day they decide that somebody is going to tell us the story of mika princess of zamunda introducing us to these fucking characters that you never actually meant to fully introduce us that is so so annoying like i said it's on brand for 2020 2021 we are very on brand. I mean, I think people are going to have fun. Dress up, have a watch party, talk to your friends, act a fool. Um, but look, keep your, like, Brandon warned me, go in with no expectations. I'm telling you to go in with less than none. I told I told you that you said you were going in with zero expectations. I said, that's too positive. That's too many. You're right. No, no, you no, did. no. I said positive because you need to go in here with negative expectations no that's what i'm saying you're right yes. you're dead i still went in too high at least i just like one expectations I just, there's so much anticipation that i just was so hopeful i did not expect anything of it i got exactly out of it what i thought i would i'm leaving not unhappy i'm leaving disappointed and that makes me sad because if i was leaving disappointed because there was no choice for me but for me to be disappointed because the hype was never going to be able to be lived up to i could stomach it but i'm leaving disappointed because they disappointed me and they didn't have to i will, and i and i want to end on this before we give our score um if kevin fight or kevin fage i can never get his name right if kev big kev the only kevin that matters right now <laughs> 
if he does not cast Kiki Lane as a certain weather-prone character in a future film of gene mutation people, I am going to be up fucking set. We flipping tables and fighting? Because she is clearly preparing for either that role or the first black female raid film. I don't Look, know I'm what telling you right now, I am ready to go back to the world of the old guard. It's yo, listen, hey, I'm let's for it. do it. I'm I'm for it. Kiki is ready. I'm let's go. But if, if she if she is not gonna be in the, the the sequel to this Mortal Kombat film that's coming out, if it's good, I, I don't know what she's training for exactly. But she's look, if ready. this is just how she wants to go through life from now on, I'm for it. I'm for it. Yeah, I'll accept it. Let's do it. All right. So, um, yeah, this, I don't know. This, you're watching, uh, uh, y'all, y'all, you and Shannon are doing reviews of, uh, Jenny and Georgia, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why. This film, some scenes in this film just feel as awkward as watching a tap dance scene with no black people in it. Tap dancing. Oh. I, yeah, just yeah. feels weird that way for some reason. What's your score? I'm gonna give it five nostalgia points. Yo, that's where I'm at. <laughs> I am. It did not do anything more than I thought it would, and it did everything <laughs> less I thought it would. So five. Yeah. Ooh, I'd already put it in, bro. Yeah. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I got us both sitting at five in in the in the post already sitting there. I took a guess. Mm. I took a guess. Works. All right, y'all. We will highlight y'all for whatever the next review will be. I do not know. I do not know what we have. You said that like you were slightly broken, and I don't know how to. I don't know how to deal. <sighs> Cause like, what am I got? You know, I gotta like figure out what other film I'm looking forward to this year. I don't even know no more. Yeah, like this, and then they and then they had the they had the blackdacity to release this shit early. So like one second the banner for on Amazon said coming tomorrow and then i came back 10 minutes later and it was like watch now and i was like whoa did i pass out and it's tomorrow nope it's still yes. tonight yes we passed out just, i don't know why they would do that they when did it's a surprise the fridays release. belonged to wandavision like they literally did a surprise release and it was literally <laughs> people on clubhouse talking about wanting to watch the film tomorrow so while they were talking about wanting to watch the film they actually could have been watching no. the fucking film no. i will tell you something that i would like to say everyone should categorically avoid even for just the shock value of how bad could it be stay very far away from boogie oh no that looked terrible is it actually terrible it's worse it's worse <laughs> no. it's worse it's worse you know what but i knew that shit was terrible when uh your boy wrote it like your boy look, was behind it look let me tell you right now when a movie that's a basketball movie is made by people who don't care about basketball so they don't even how to shoot basketball oh, no. and then there's nope. no stakes in the basketball game nope. and that's the best part nope and you know there what are strong, else is crazy? there are strong performances up by boogie boogie in boogie none of them are by boogie you know what i just came from too i just came from a room that was talking about how we can settle Asian and Black American relations. 
Boogie ain't gonna do it. <laughs> like, yo, the fact that, that Boogie is terrible. That movie racist. That movie racist. Oh, to who though? Is it racist to black people or Asian people? Yeah. If I say, is it black people running around beating up Asian women in Boogie? No. Okay. That does not happen in Boogie. Okay. But um, Boogie is supposed to be about somebody finding out who they are if they could just get a chance. And I thought it was a Jeremy somehow. Lin story. Hmm? I thought it was a Jeremy Lin story. Hmm. This movie is so bad, y'all. Just don't do it to yourself. Go yeah, watch but... Promising Young Woman. I mean, shit, at this point, I'm going to tell you to watch Fatal before I tell you to watch Boogie. I don't know about that one. I said what I, I don't said. Know about that. That's there's so Set many it. there's so many better films. Like go Set watch it. the um go Mitch watch it. Go watch I care a lot. Go watch something else, please. That go watch Ray and the Last Dragon. Yeah, if you can get it to work. Go watch Ray and the Last Dragon. Or if you want to watch a movie that's just kind of weird and you in the move, you know, go watch Truffle Hunters about like People hunting up some mushrooms and shit. That's, sure. Like, it's a documentary. It was actually way interesting, and I'm mad that I was interested because I turned it on to go to sleep too, and I was still awake later. I still but don't either understand way. why you would name a film Boogie. I, I just, like, when I saw it, I immediately thought Honey. And I yep. was like, I don't I don't know why I'm thinking Honey, but for some reason, these if, if, if you name a film something and the first thought that comes to your mind is another terrible film about someone in a space that they aren't necessarily supposed to be in and them having to go through that, I don't look, know if you want to name your film after that. But this is look, the same guy who got mad that his story took off as a television show and then spent a lot of time after that trying to combat that television show that he kind of started. Look. I don't know what Eddie was thinking. Eddie angry. Well, um, uh, his slip was showing in Boogie. He and made, it's dirty. He made that whole film in a pair of original Jordans and a fitted hat. I, like, you know he did, so. I mean, look, let me just say this. There's a line, there's a pickup line in this movie that contains the words, you have a pretty vagina. Do you need to know anything else about Boogie? From the outside of her pants? Yes. Oh, that's a that's a, a Christina Milian, and I understand that one completely. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't understand it. I said it's actually used affirmatively oh, in the movie. You gotta toss them out every once in a while just to see if they rock the earth. All right, y'all. We're we're we y'all got a list of movies. Lord, save us. Y'all got a rating, and y'all are gonna watch Coming to America anyway. Y'all gotta have a coming to yeah. for Coming to America. So go ahead and watch the Deuce, and then after we that, know. Yeah, we know. Then after that, after you finish watching the Deuce, go ahead and watch To <laughs> because you'll want to, and you should. Matter of fact, yep. watch two, then watch the Deuce. Then watch two. Again. No, no. Watch the Deuce. Then watch To. Nope. Do exactly what I said so you can understand why our review is the way it is. Watch two. Watch the Deuce. <laughs> then watch two. Oh, and and, just, and like it's funny. It's it, I'm just wanna I just wanna just leave this last one. It's funny that what they did with Lisa was literally light skin and vibing, brown skin and vib with the same character because me and Ash watched two last weekend 
And she kind of perked up and was like, you know what always bothered me about this film? The fact that Lisa's sister is loose and out here kind of just dumb running around and she's the brown skin girl. And Lisa is really intelligent and cares about the community and ends up with the with a prince. And she's the light skinned sister that we forget to completely acknowledge is also Puerto Rican. Dun, 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 dun. But hey, those are just some thoughts I want to leave you with. Till next time, movie trailer reviews. We are out. Chuck the deuce. <laughs> okay, that went better than.